Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. unique designs and high quality clothing for the great fans of the Philadelphia area. With their original designs for all, there's no doubt that they'll stand out in the crowd. Act now and listeners can use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off any apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co. That's phiapparel.co. Remember to use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off. Act now while supplies last. Sports City Chef, I love hearing that, but check them out at PHA. PHI Apparel. They are holding us down, at least one of the sponsors that has connected with us. Thank you for all the support that they have given us. I have one of my co-hosts with me for the morning, calling in from the mountain region of the United States. We have Big Easy, a.k.a. Eric Gross. Welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning? Good morning, my brother. I am feeling blessed this morning and excited to be here with you. And it's always a pleasure to do this with you, my brother. Let's go. Definitely. We got a lot to jump into. And, oh, yes, I mean, I can see the smoke. Like, I can see the smoke. But we're going to walk into the fire, I want to say, in about 48 hours. About 48 hours will be in the fire, a.k.a. the month Uh of March. But right right now... The month of February has something to say before we get out of here, in which the top 10 has a good amount of teams that have lost, so it's going to be crucial on how the committee looks at this. So we'll get right into the scores and break this down as best as we possibly can. Um, Number one, Gonzaga. 
goes on the road up against St. Mary's College, loses by 10, 67 to 57. The next one we have, the number two ranked in the nation, Arizona Wildcats, loses to the Colorado Buffaloes, right where Big Easy is. Uh, well, in Boulder. He's not in Boulder, but he's in Colorado. They lose by 16 on the road. These guys are losing by double digits, 79 to 63. Okay, I'm not done. There is more madness in the month of February as we approach the month of March. Auburn, number three ranked in the nation, go on the road to Knoxville, Tennessee, lose to the Vols, 67 to 62. They didn't lose by double digits, but this isn't an SEC battle um, in which the top three have lost. Oh, wait, I'm not done. The Purdue Boilermakers on the road in East Lansing up against Michigan State, where Michigan State has been trying to find their way, beat the Purdue Boilermakers while they're unranked. 68 to 65, Tom Izzo gets a good performance from his team. Oh, you thought I was done? I'm not done. Number five ranked, Kansas Jayhawks <laughs> lose to the Baylor Bears. Now, uh, honestly, Baylor won the national championship last year, so I don't call this an upset. They're a top 10 ranked team. They're 10th. They, uh, Kansas is on the road, too. Loses this game 80 to 70, 10 point deficit. Okay, so you think I'm done? No, I'm not done. <laughs> Number six ranked Kentucky loses to Arkansas in a nail biter, seventy-five to seventy-three. You mean to tell me that the top six ranked teams in the bit in the top ten? Forget the top twenty-five. The top ten had lost all all one through six lost. Okay, let's let's keep going. Duke wins their matchup up against Syracuse in a blowout, ninety-seven to seventy-two, as they go to Syracuse, New York, to win that game. Oh, I'm not done. Texas Tech loses their game on the road up against Texas Christian University, a.k.a. TCU, 69-66 in an epic battle, and then it calms down. Okay, so Providence ranked number 11th. They win their matchup up against Creighton at home, 72-51. to UCLA goes on the road up against Oregon State, wins theirs in a massacre, 94-55. to uh, The next matchup I have is Wisconsin winning their matchup up against Rutgers, and an interesting one as they go to New Jersey, 66-61. to USC wins their matchup up against Oregon in a one-point game, 70-69. to Murray State, ranked 19th in the nation, wins their matchup up against Southeast Missouri State, 70-68. to Texas wins their matchup up against West Virginia in a one-point deficit, 82-81, to while this took place in West Virginia. And to round out the games from yesterday, top 25, Alabama wins their matchup up against South Carolina, 90-71. to 71. This is critical. Um, Eric, please, uh, one, you pick a team or where you want to go because this is spicy city with at least seven teams in the top ten losing on the same day. Yeah, this, I mean, no doubt. Uh, I don't, well, we got to look into that. I don't think it's ever been done before for sure. So, But this is why I love college basketball. And college sports. I mean, these. I mean, these athletes are going out there and playing and giving you. You know, they're all. It's not really tainted by money yet. We know it is at the top, but not really with these uh, student athletes. So they're going out there and playing. So uh, it's good to see uh, Gonzaga. I mean, we've talked about it on this show. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, you know, I don't think they're. You know, yeah, they're ranked number one, but I don't think they could, you know, they're definitely not the top team in my eyes. They're kind of fool's gold. And uh, Shet Lemon, as I like to call him, Mr. Holmgren, because that's what you'll be getting when you draft him, played 32 minutes with six points and six rebounds. So 
um, heavily favored and may lose by 10. But, uh, I mean, it's it's great, Timeless. I'm looking forward to what's around the corner here with the tournament. It's going to be great. Uh, it, it's hard to pick right now. It's always fun to pick these brackets. But, uh, I mean, there's a lot of teams that can win it this year in my eyes. Hey, I'll, I'll, like, more elaborate on this because um, this, this deserves a lot. Um the situation, I'll go right behind you with the situation with Gonzaga. Um, Coach Few is one of my favorite coaches across the board in the nation. Um, he always gets his team up to be ready uh, for contending for a national championship or just being ready for the big dance. However, he'll get to a Sweet 16 or Elite 8. I really won't say Sweet 16. I'll say an Elite 8 or like a Final Four, or we've seen him in a national championship two different times and no lose. So he's been to the mountaintop twice and hasn't gotten his team to be ready to, you know, take what he, he needs. And coming into this season, he had one of the questionable situations uh, within his own uh, personal agenda. But that's neither here nor there. I don't want to hold too much of Mark Few's personal situation or issues against the team. However, just like you said, Chet Holmgren has been one of the players that um, was highly coveted coming into college, especially that the run that Gonzaga went on last year, and uh, it didn't you know, really pushed the envelope as much as them losing Suggs and other guys going to the NBA. They didn't lose too much, but they have uh, Timmy in them uh, to work together with him. So I'm like, okay, so you got a guy that's seven feet, you know, lengthy, can shoot the ball, can play the post, but he is terribly skinny, like terribly. And it's like I'm actually here saying, like, he needs to put on some type of weight, but there's no way that he could do that in a – college basketball calendar year while he has to stay in shape. So it's like we have to wait until, you know, next season to see if he could get into a weight room or learn how to eat, like, productively to help his his body out. There's no way that he plays a game like that and puts up six points up against St. Mary's, in which I feel like I'm taking a lot away from St. Mary's because every year they, they play good basketball. They get recognized across the nation. They're actually 23rd in the nation also. So they always had a team that you have to worry about, but Gonzaga, for them to be number one ranked in the nation, this is puzzling, especially with them losing by double digits. I, I'm not accepting this with Mark Few as the coach right now. So I feel like they may go into the West Coast Conference tournament and win that, but right now this is puzzling because St. Mary's, it, it'll be on a neutral floor. St. Mary's already has that gall to think that they could beat them because they actually beat them soundly in this matchup, winning this by 10 and holding them to 57, that, that's incredible. Like, for the second half, for they, they had they had 36 points in the second half. That's still under 60. That I, I, I'm scratching my head on what happened across the board with this team. Like, are they ready? Are they overlooking players or, or teams? Because this is something that always happens to a powerful team, especially in college basketball, especially while the month of March is looming, that they'll end up getting their toes stubbed and they'll end up losing – and then we're like, why for the remainder of their careers playing basketball or something like that? Like the year Virginia lost to a 16 seed, they were number one ranked, and you couldn't think of how the heck uh, Maryland, Baltimore County beat them, you know. But nevertheless, these things happen. The Colorado Buffaloes are not even ranked. They beat Arizona at home by close to 20, this is this is unacceptable for them to be number two ranked in the nation while Arizona's making a name for themselves. At this point, they went into this game 25-2, and two, while Colorado was 18-10, and 10, and in Pac-12 play, they were 11-8, and eight, so they were losing soundly across the board. 
these two teams right now, right now I have a question about, but Gonzaga, this is their first loss within conference play. They also lost to Duke as well early in the season. So, like, these two losses, at least the one that they had to Duke to St. Mary's, these are – I give the Duke one more credit. This St. Mary's one, they, they have to fix this somehow, some way. Um, Auburn, I felt just kind of how you addressed the situation toward Gonzaga with them being like fool's gold. I look at the similar situation. I feel like Auburn had a, a great spark in the miss, miss the middle of the season and putting a, a stream of, of wins together. But this one up against Tennessee, knowing that this is a rivalry game, they have to get up for this to go in there and kind of take their food, and they didn't take advantage of the situation. So this is a big situation, even though it was close. It's a two-possession game. They lost by five. Auburn has to play better as they get close to the SEC championship. I still think they may be the uh, one of the favorites because I still like Alabama even though Alabama is ranked 24th, as I mentioned at the end of the scoreboard, uh, they're 24th ranked in the nation. But I feel like at least right now, Auburn is one of the favorites, but Tennessee has now made a name for themselves uh, by beating Auburn too. So there's actually three names in the hat with Auburn, Tennessee, and Alabama, as I mentioned this. The Purdue situation, they've been playing dominant basketball across the board uh, within the Big Ten, at least being 13-4 and four before this game started. They were 13-5 and five now as this loss go- comes up. Uh, Michigan State has been very inconsistent, uh, being ten and seven. Well, being nine and seven in Big Ten play before the game started, there was a lot of questions to me that I addressed with you know people on different networks uh, talking about Michigan State and their consistency and and just trying to say, well, this is another season that he'll go in there with like ten or eleven losses and try to make a, a interesting run in the Big Dance, and this is something that Izzo is accustomed to doing. So. You can't really go off of what they have uh, standing-wise. As long as the committee gets them in there, it's like Michigan State still has a fight to at least win one or two games uh, to make it interesting for them to be a Sweet 16 team. The next one that I'm picking on is, is a team and a coach that I um, I don't like. I give him credit for what he does and what he brings to the table, but I do not like him and what he he's able to do, and that's Bill Self. Bill Self has been a good coach. I won't say great. I'll say a good coach for as long as he's been in college basketball. He's been able to get recruit after recruit, top-notch players, big names across the board, and still only have one championship, and that was the year that they knocked off Memphis when uh, Kansas won that championship with Chalmers and company. Like, that was the one, like, shocker or upset that we could think of. Ever since then, he has not won a national championship. That's the only one he's had. For all of the potential and talent that he's had across the board, this is puzzling, especially at this time where Baylor is actually falling downward. Uh, even though they are the national champions and they're, they're you know, trying to protect their, their trophy, so on and so forth, Baylor protected their house at home, taking – this team out in Waco, and it's always a tough situation for Kansas when they go up against each other, but this is a game while Kansas is ranked number five to prove themselves within the Big 12. I don't really see consistency when these big games come up for Kansas. It'll be a game like this in the end of the season that they'll end up losing, and then next thing you know, they'll get into, let's just say, conference championship play. They'll lose a game there, and then they'll lose an interesting game within the big dance, and it's like you just start to see the wheels fall off for the Jayhawks, and this is every single year. You cannot go into the Rocky Talk Chalk situation and play them 
And once they lose a game on the road at the end of the season, it's it just no inconsistency. It's like they fall apart. And I, I just don't like this. And um, that's something I hold against Bill Self. I got to I gotta target the coach because he gets a fresh amount of players every single year, all Americans across the board, and just for some odd reason, they just start slipping. Uh, the Kentucky situation, uh, I, I can't really pick on Coach Cal like this, but I've been targeting him for at least the past three seasons here in Sports City for the names that he's been able to bring to Kentucky and for the past two seasons before this one, he's been having bad season after bad season and getting all of them to flush straight into the NBA and uh, not really showing much for a lot of these guys to get educations. And I don't want to be the political guy like, well, you guys got to get education, so on and so forth, because if I'm 19 or 20 and I have an agent in my ear like, listen, I could get you anywhere from 17 to $24 million next year, like every – 18 or 20 year old is going to run and jump at that opportunity. So I understand both sides of the spectrum, but if it doesn't pan out like that, they be a bench player, they end up going to the G league, then it's all for not. They don't have an education. That's the one thing that puzzles me, but nevertheless, them playing up against an Arkansas Razorback team, even though they're 18th ranked, I think Kentucky should have been able to win this game before this game went down. They were 12 and three in conference play. Uh, same, well, 11 and four for Arkansas going into this game. They took care of business at home knocking off Kentucky. Um, Texas Tech, they've been interesting for the past two or three seasons. I can't take anything away from them. But them losing to TCU, uh, TCU is 18-9, and 7-8 in Big 12 play. They are under 500. Texas Tech has actually been a team that's made a national championship in the past couple of seasons. So you would want to see them make an interesting run, especially while they're in the top 10 and them lose a game like this to a TCU team that's unranked and under 500. This is the one thing that I have against the Big 12. I've been talking about this with several people that I know. So just at least one of those top 10 teams that I mentioned is seven that fell in the same calendar day. The committee has their hands full. I wonder which teams fall out of the top 10 or how many they keep in the top 10, but it'll look very funny that seven of them fell in the same day. We do have Mike in the building. Mike, welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning? Hey, man, good morning. I'm doing all right. Uh, always enjoy chopping up with you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about college basketball with you and whatever else we get going on in the sports world. Okay, so I don't know how much of it with what I mentioned or what Eric mentioned you've caught, um, but did you hear the scores across the board from the top 25, especially with seven of the top 10 losing yesterday? Shake up Saturday, man. Yeah, I, I did not quite catch uh, did not quite catch all of Eric's com- uh, comments. I pretty much got in right around the time you were talking. But yeah, I had a few. Uh, I have a few thoughts on what we saw yesterday uh, as well. Okay, so your thoughts on some of the games or or some of the teams that I think should be doing better or could could be doing better yeah. than what we've seen in this Saturday. Well, I'm gonna start with the I'm gonna start with the SEC for a second. You know, that's kind of the I'm in the Midwest part of the country right now. But as you know, uh, diehard SEC fans, so I'm gonna start out there and work my way. Uh, but I think what you just saw is in some of these major conferences, man, it's tough to go win on the road. I mean, you look like Arkansas started the SEC season uh, kind of slow, but they had they had done pretty well leading up to it, but they took a couple of losses going into the conference season. And then they, after a couple of games, they kind of got things back on track and 
Yeah, listen, Arkansas is a uh, Arkansas is a very good basketball team. That was a one possession game there with Kentucky. To me, in the Southeastern Conference, we'll see once uh, these brackets come out and, and things start to unfold into into March. I think there are four teams that are pretty much right up there towards the top of the SEC, and I'm not quite sure how it's going to shake out as far as who's better, who's not, whatever. I think Jabari Smith and Auburn, fantastic team. Of course, you know, going to Tennessee is not an easy place to play. Rick Barnes has done a nice job there at Tennessee. Now he hasn't quite gotten as deep as he's wanted to in the tournament, right? But to me, Auburn, Tennessee, Kentucky, and Arkansas right now are the best four in that league. Alabama's right there on the fringe, I would say. Uh, maybe even they, they had the potential, if they're shooting the ball well, to beat any of those teams. And then you still got that next group of of guys in that conference, uh, LSU, Florida, Mississippi State. Some of those guys could definitely compete. But to me, there's four or five teams in that conference. Uh, looking at what you said about Bill Self and Kansas, yeah, man, I think at the end of the day when you look at all those recruits, people can say they have underachieved at times or, you know, they underperformed come uh, March Madness under Bill Self. They always end up dropping a game that they are supposed to. If you think about it, how long did it take Roy Williams to break through at Kansas? They were having very good players or whatever, but from the time – you know, he started having some very good years there. Didn't go to North Carolina the first time they called. Uh, he's finally able to win a national championship there. But, of course, uh, there was a lot of talk at times when Roy Williams was at Kansas as far as can he ever win the big one. And, of course, once he takes the North Carolina job and goes out there, he's able to win a few more. So that kind of puts that to bed. But, uh, you're right. Kansas is to me. That's a team that forever is going to get the players. Is going to always have a shot, uh, but end up a bridesmaid more often than uh, than raising the banner. Right at the end of the year, uh, I just think a lot of this that what happened yesterday. Some of this was definitely road losses for some of these teams. A chance to regroup. I think, uh, like you, I'm impressed with Purdue. I was also impressed with the way, even though they weren't playing a great team, I was impressed with the way UCLA looked uh, yesterday as well. Just a, uh, you know, hey, the, what happens when you pick up a loss like this late in the year, to me it's interesting to see how these teams deal with adversity. Do they take it on the chin and do they end up stumbling down the stretch or are they able to bounce back from this? learn from it and, you know, still do over the last week of the regular season and conference tournaments, are they able to still do a little bit more work to show that they're deserving of a, a high seed come March Madness time. But, yeah, I mean, Bill Self, you got something to prove to me. Um, a lot of these teams losing on the road, that just kind of a – is it a bump in the road or is it a uh, – premonition as far as or is it something to show us uh, what kind of success these guys are going to have moving forward. The last thing I'll hit on is Gonzaga. It seems like St. Mary's is one of the few teams that has a chance to beat them uh, year in and year out. That's not a, as we've talked about before, 
definitely lacks depth, and it tells off on that on anybody coming out of that out of that league come time for March. And so, I think once again we're going to see we're we're going to see Gonzaga come up short and see what happens come March. But very interesting. I mean, listen when when those top teams lose or you see losses taken from in the ranking, it definitely provides for. Uh, some compelling entertainment. It it, uh, it raises that tension, or, or you know, adds a little bit more drama to the fold, which is what March Madness uh, loves to see, right? So there we go. That's exactly what I'm talking about. March Madness, and what we love to see is these upsets, and um, you just hope that it's not your team. And unfortunately, I can't talk about my team because my team is incredibly bad. Like, sorry, whatever. Name you want to use as a bad superlative, I can use it right now on how bad Georgetown is and the crazy part in my backyard. Well, no, this will actually be in D.C. Georgetown plays Connecticut. So UConn and Georgetown will be going at it, in which in D.C. UConn is favored by 11. Like, this is this is absurd. Like, this, I don't understand how Georgetown actually extended Patrick Ewan, but they're saying that the extension was from last season. But I, I wonder if they pulled the trigger on him, but – uh. Nevertheless, I'm, I'm not I'm not thrilled with what Patrick is doing. Um, even with us winning the Big East championship, which is probably uh, to me and I and I'm being biased. I know it best conference basketball ever. That's why they play in the Madison Square Garden. You don't know who's going to win it. If there's going to be your top tier Villanova or Providence could come out and win, UConn is back, so UConn could end up winning it. You don't know what can happen in the Big East. So that's why I love it. And and for him to get this team up and ready to win five games. In five days, it had me hyped as they were nine and twelve going into the Big East championship, and uh, they got to the tournament and lost to Colorado by thirty. It's like I don't know what type of coaching scenario he's in to uh, be a repeat coach for the next couple of seasons. But that's neither here nor there. I'm just throwing my personal jab in there with my team. That's just how I feel about these guys. Um, but like I said, as the committee has their hands full on how they address this, I wonder which one of these seven teams falls out. If there's a couple out of the top ten, that'll be interesting to see how they play this. I think Duke may end up falling right back into number one with all of these names falling. Okay, so the call-in number again is 929-477-2759. Um, this is going to get pretty scary, Sports City, because I have the two of these guys here, but I'm going to say the best for last. I am not going to go directly to where they are or where their heart lies, actually. We had some games that took place in the NBA in which um, I'll go across the board with the scores. Uh, the Celtics were in their matchup up against the Pistons, 113-104. to 104. The Celtics are on a major hot streak. Watch out for these guys. They put together some incredible basketball. I wonder how long this lasts, but nevertheless, they did play the Pistons. I don't want to take too much away from the win, but the Pistons are playing sluggish, one of the worst records in the league at 14-46 and 46 at home. They're 9-21. and 21. The Hawks win their matchup in a blowout bloodshed type of game up against the Raptors, 127-100. In this game, Trey Young went off for 41 points, 11 assists, and 4 rebounds. Is Ice Trey waking up at the right time? We will see if he can keep this going. The Cleveland Cavaliers, probably one of the stories of the season, win their matchup up against the Washington Wizards, 92-86. to 86. Uh, Jared Allen had 18-14. and 14. In a losing effort, Kyle Kuzma had 34-13 and 13 rebounds. Yeah, the Lakers need him now, don't they? Um, the next matchup we have, the Miami Heat 
beat the Spurs 133-129. to This was a game that took place in South Beach. The Heat have their hands full with a matchup coming up soon with the Chicago Bulls. Speaking of the Chicago Bulls, they lose a game at home up against the Memphis Grizzlies, 116-110. to 110. Zach Levine, 28 points, 6 assists, 4 rebounds in a losing effort. One of the MVP candidates, and I said it, and people are saying it, but they don't want to give him credit, John Morant in Chicago goes off for 46 points, 4 rebounds, and 3 assists. If this guy is not on your MVP radar, you need to wake up or just hit the machine. Hit the machine. Slap it a couple times. The next matchup we have are the Brooklyn Nets going into Wisconsin and beating the uh, the world champions, excuse me, I was going to say national, uh, Milwaukee Bucks 126-123, to 123, in which, in a losing effort, Bobby Portis went off and had 30 points and 12 rebounds. In a winning effort, the guy that a lot of people pick on day after day, Kyrie Irving goes off with 38 points, 5 rebounds, and 5 assists in a winning effort up against the Bucks. in which the third quarter, the Bucks put up 43 points. They damn near put up 50 in a quarter up against the Bucks. Question mark for the Bucks. I want to see how this looms as the Eastern Conference playoffs comes around. I don't think they'll be one of those first-round exits, but it, they've been looking puzzling to me as we look at this season go down. And the last of the games that took place, Yesterday, the Denver Nuggets take care of business in Denver, beating the Sacramento Kings 115-110. to 110. Uh, Jokic goes off for a triple-double. He has 18 points, 10 rebounds, and 11 assists. And De'Aaron Fox has 26 points, 10 assists, and 5 rebounds in a losing effort. I will come back to you guys. Which game or games have caught your eye? Uh, which player that went off yesterday that you'd like to discuss? I'll start with you first on this one, Eric. Uh, yeah, I'd like to discuss the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. What a story that's been. And they're dealt with a blow with Colin Sexton going out early, and they're still able to sustain this in fourth in the East right now. Um, same thing with John Morant and the Grizzlies. Uh, he's not getting the credit where credit is due. Uh, you know, they're one of the top teams in the West. so And uh, I think they can bang with uh, – the Golden State Warriors or the Suns, you know, and uh, so well, I'm, I'm excited mm. to see what happens. Uh, yeah, I, I I do believe that timeless. I really do. In a seven-game series, if they're firing on all cylinders, obviously Golden State would be the favorite or Phoenix. I'm just saying it, it definitely could happen. This is what makes that interesting too. Um, the Suns are now without Chris Paul due to the injury to his thumb for the next, what, six to eight weeks or something like that. It's a big number, right? Uh, In which he's going to have to get acclimated back to game shape. I know hopefully he's on the treadmill and, like, running so he doesn't lose his condition. But still, like, these guys are going to be out there racing for positioning for the playoffs. So that's an interesting statement to say if the Grizzlies were to bump heads with the Suns or Warriors team that they could knock them off. Eric? I agree with you. <laughs> I'm actually, like, puzzled that you went out there and did it because I won't let you jump out there by yourself. I'm going to jump with you. This is the crazy part. Chris Paul cannot be Ja Morant. Ja Morant could actually blow by him and get him trouble because he's an explosive guard, and he's, he's confident now actually not only just going to the rim and going crazy, but he's shooting well. Not to say he's shooting out of Steph Curry clip. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying that he's shooting well. Uh, for him to put up these – type of numbers on the road it's like you guys better scratch your head on how you're gonna have to deal with this guy because this is russell westbrook 2.0 with no turnover so so this is like picture russ not turning the ball over he beat this is him you know and um looking at last year 
in the playoffs, who knocked the Warriors out? The Grizzlies. I mean, the Lakers got them the first game. LeBron hit that D3 to get them, but then they had another playing game. They played the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies got them out of there. So they already have the confidence to beat them. It's just that now that they, if they do play the Warriors, they have to worry about Klay Thompson in this scenario too. So that's very interesting. Eric, I'm glad that you did it because I'm with you. I won't let you jump by yourself, but I love the idea. Mike, your thoughts on the games or scores that have, you know, we mentioned or some of the players that we also discussed as well. Definitely uh, not going to let Aaron jump out there by himself. Like you said, uh, I'm jumping with you as well, actually. I, you know, I've talked about the Memphis Grizzlies on this network, on our other shows, on our cookout on Wednesday night, on our crossover cafe on Thursdays, uh, cheap plugs for other shows that we have going on on Sports City Chef Show. But mm-hmm. I said there at least – they could be the third best team in this in this conference, but maybe even better than that. Uh, listen, the one thing that really concerned me with Job Morant was can he stay healthy? Because super explosive, like fast switch muscles, and this guy really uh, the sky's the limit for this guy, and he has really taken another step forward this year. And listen, the Memphis Grizzlies over the years have been a team that have in some ways overachieved. They've made playoff teams with uh, not some great rosters and, you know, not really much of a history of uh, getting out of the first round of the playoffs. But this is a team that has uh, year in and year out been competitive, and this team is definitely for real right now. You look at, uh, like you said, you look at Chris Paul being out. They had beat Golden State before, and even though Golden State would be the favorite. This Memphis team, man, they just play the game the right way. They play as a team. you got a star in Morant. You got complimentary pieces that fit. They play solid on the defensive end. This Memphis Grizzlies team does a lot of things right. And that seems a problem if they're right. That's not a team that anybody is going to relish having to look across that uh you know, those lines and match up against in the playoffs. I thought that was a very, very good win for the Brooklyn Nets going into Milwaukee. Is that a statement game, or is this just another uh, regular season game for them? I don't know. I mean, obviously we know that Milwaukee is going to be there. Brooklyn, listen, Kyrie putting up 38, 61 by him last night, really great performance for him. Uh, to me, right now in the East, it's a three-horse race as far as how those th- three teams come out in Milwaukee, Miami, and Brooklyn. Uh, Boston's finding, uh, like you said, Boston's kind of gotten hot. I love seeing uh, the feel-good story of what's happened in Cleveland. Uh, it's just going to be interesting as this continues to uh, unfold, but th- those are kind of the things that jump out at me as you went through those scores from yesterday. Yeah, and, and to add on to what you said about the Grizzlies on where they are suited, this is very interesting. They are third-ranked. In the Western Conference, I would have never put that together in my life. I would never have thought that could happen, right? In which they're lined up up against the Denver Nuggets if it stays how it is, which I feel like this is going to change with the Suns losing Chris Paul. I feel like the Suns will start losing games, even though they have an, a big, interesting lead on a lot of these teams. I think they'll start falling. I think they could fall maybe to two unless this gets real bad. Um I have to give uh, Monty Williams a lot of credit for the way that he's been able to handle this team. They're 48 and 10. Um, but he, nevertheless, I don't, I don't want to pick on the Chris Paul injury because they're doing their thing, right? 
I think the Grizzlies knock off the Nuggets. I'm going to say that right here, right now. Jokic is a problem. Don't get me wrong. This is the reigning MVP at this point in time, too. But they need more than Jokic to play consistent ball for this Nuggets team. And I'm almost at the point where if they don't get it done next year, because I don't think the Nuggets will win the championship this year. If they don't get it done next year in the 22-23 season, they're going to have to start moving some pieces. Um, In which I think um, MPJ will be back, Michael Porter Jr., a great young talent. They they really didn't give him too much play like he should have been getting, but when he was getting his time, he was able to put up good numbers across the board. He suffered an injury to have him out. Uh, but I, I think with all of these injuries, with him, also with Murray being out, I, I don't feel like the Nuggets are a strong team to contest within the Western Conference, let alone a young team that's playing like a buzzsaw. And I, I sports city, forgive me what I'm about to say, and, you know, Lord, forgive me for I know not what I do. This is the, the, you know, the bad part about aging, you know what I'm saying, and not being used to what's happening right now. These young teams and young players are playing with their heads cut off, hair on fire, and still able to knock off veteran-type teams. And I think this is a situation that the Grizzlies can do this to the Denver Nuggets, uh, unless the Nuggets fall and another team goes into the sixth position, which could potentially happen. Um, or we, we don't know, but I'm just saying as how this looks right now, I feel comfortable with saying that the Grizzlies could definitely advance to the second round up against the Denver Nuggets team, especially with home court. Like, Denver would have to go into Memphis and get one, which I know they probably do have the potential to do it, but the way the Grizzlies have been playing, I think since the playoff experience last year, I I think they're ready. I think they're ready while they're gaining strength and getting stronger. So we will see. Um, We do have the villain in the building. Barry, welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning? Group of villains. What's up, TP Timeless? What's up, Mike? Eric? What's up, boys? Your thoughts morning, on what's been mentioned so far? Good morning. Morning. Your thoughts on what's been mentioned so far? No, I, I, I think you guys are hitting it right on the head. I think, you know, we talked about it on the cookout, right, TP, that I think the Suns can weather the storm. I don't think they're going to be as hot as they're going to be without Chris Paul, but I think, you know, they can probably play some 500 basketball and, and, and kind of maintain, and, and they won't fall as far as back as three, right? I think they got a, at least an 11-game lead on the fourth spot, right? So it'll be it'll be difficult for them to get out of the top three or four rank, right? So um, Monty Williams should have been the coach of the year in a lot of people's eyes last year, right? So I think he's going to prove that he's a damn good coach and he's going to keep this team together. I think the turnovers are going to get, they're going to turn on, turn the ball over a little bit more because CP three is just a guy that takes care of the basketball, but I like them. I think the warriors are just going to be the team to be. I don't think people, I think people love the fact that they score and they score in bunches, but they're the best defensive team in the league. Um, And when Draymond green went down that defensive efficiency and their points per game went up, now that he's back and then they're going to get Wiseman back, uh, Clay Thompson is a hell of a defender on the perimeter. This team is, is going to be right back where they were years ago, where they were a fun offensive team, but they were a damn good defensive team. And I think that's where they separate themselves from the Grizzlies TP. I think the Grizzlies play so good defense, but not as good as the Warriors. Grizzlies, I think, are the, the, I think the second-ranked offense in the league, points per game. But um, I think if they can pick up the offense, they'll definitely – I mean, the defense, they'll definitely be in the second round, I, I believe, just because of Jaws, um, his ability. But I think 
the Warriors are just a team to beat out there. And, and the Mavericks are dangerous too, TP. They're the second best, uh, one of the, the top five defenses in the league quietly uh, with their size and with their athleticism on the wing. So um, I think moving uh, Porzingis kind of freed up a lot of uh, spots on offense. And, and I think that, you know, he was, he was lacking a little bit on the defensive end so, at times. So, um, yeah, I, I think the West is, is going to be a little bit wide open with, with CP3 come, going down, but I think the Warriors are the team to beat out there. Um, of course, the attention is around the Warriors because of how good they look. Everything that you just said, do you know that there's a game and a half difference between them and the Warriors being the Grizzlies? The Grizzlies are only a game and a half away from them, in which the Warriors are on a Dude, losing streak right now. They they. Wait, hold, oh, I'll let you talk. Hold on, wait, wait, hold on. Can, can I finish? Um, the Warriors are on a losing streak right now, and in which Steph is incredible. We, we've seen him put up a 50-point night in the All-Star game. They have to give John Moran his credit for what he's been able to do at this point in time with the team that he has, also watching his team be injured and be third in the West where they could possibly catch the Warriors if the Warriors keep bugging out. Yes, I understand that this this team is a good defensive unit, but almost to a certain extent. How many times could they run a switch and put Steph in a situation where he is in the blender? They could hurt Steph. They could cripple them if they get Steph in trouble. There's guards that could score with Desmond Bain. All of these guys can make it happen while they're trying to get healthy at the right time. In which, if this stays how it is, right? Let's say, let's just say the board stays how it is, right? There is a team that I feel like can catch them, and, and this is the Clippers catching the Wolves at the bottom of the board, right? I think the Clippers can mess around and be a seventh seed if they get PG back, which I don't know if he comes back or not. I think they could get the Warriors if PG comes back. I feel like they can go and do that right now. I feel I like that could be that one of those troubling situations. Wait, wait, I, I'll let you talk. I'll let you talk because I'm going to start doing that to you. I'm going to do that to you. I'm going to do that to you if, if that's how we plan. Um, the other one with the Mavericks, I, I, I get it. I guess it's a good story to run into, but this is a situation I look at. He's been losing first-round exits every year, and it's being Luka Doncic. And the Utah Jazz, they're a team to me that I don't think they can win the West, but they will always be that team that could get you hyped when the playoffs start, that they'll get that win out the gate. This is another one. While they'll have home court advantage, I feel like they can get the Dallas Mavericks out as a 4-5 matchup could, could potentially happen. I think that Luka and uh, Spider, Connecticut, Cat, I think this would be a great back and forth. But I think with Utah having their defense prowess, defensive prowess, and, and you know Luka's going to try and come to the rim a lot, um, hopefully Rudy can make things happen and, and make strong contests or block shots. I, I think Dallas has their hands full trying to deal with a Utah Jazz. And, of course, this is how this table looks now, and uh, a lot of things can change. If the Wolves stay at the seventh seed, I, I definitely give the, the Warriors the edge over them, especially the way the Wolves look up against Philadelphia. But the bottom half of the Western Conference is where a lot of the strong questions lie for me. Um, one of the teams that I feel like can make a difference down there also is the Los Angeles Lakers, and I wanted to get to that on the way that they are struggling because I was looking at the situation was if you look at LeBron's career, especially when he started to feel championship edition LeBron, he always plays stronger after the all-star break. So I wasn't really buying into, and, and you could ask Mike, you can also ask Eric. I was saying this on every single brunch when we talked about the Lakers. I'm not buying into, oh, they're bad. They're suck. They're terrible. They're, they're this, that, and the third. I'm like, no. I want to see them after the All-Star break. 
I want to see the strong LeBron that we're used to seeing, right? They lose the Battle of L.A. in the last game, fresh out of the All-Star break. So now it's like, okay, we're going to have to see more than just this one game because the Clippers are up to play them. I feel like they had more potential on the Lakers' side of the ball than the Clippers had, and they still lost that game. They have a game today up against the Pelicans, and this is the funny part about it. This game is in Los Angeles. The Lakers are favored by one and a half points. To me, that's a pick em. To me. To me. Like, I feel like, of course, the score is going to be more than two, but people, you, you measure that how you want. This is the funny part about Vegas, and this is the funny part about the strength that the Lakers have at this point in time. If they lose this game to a Pelican team, this is where my issues will arise. Now I'll start pressing the issue like the Lakers, they have their issues. Like, they have their issues. Now Now I'm going to look at this like that. And, of course, it's all injury, but they don't really have a, a cohesive unit that they come out there with game by game. A lot of people like to point their fingers at Russell Westbrook, where Russ actually had a decent day the other day. Everybody else didn't play good. I mean, Carmelo had a good day shooting. LeBron had a bad day from the field as well. So I want to see how you guys feel about this cross the board. And uh, it's bad that I do want to save the, the Lakers guys for last. Uh, Barry, I'll come to you. Your thoughts with the Lakers, especially with them losing out the gate to the Clippers with the Battle of L.A. at hand. Do you think this thing turns around and does it start today up against the Pelicans, or will it take some time within this week for them to start to gel? No, they stink. They're, they're, not, they're not a good team, and they're, they're poorly constructed. You can't count on a LeBron team just because it's LeBron, but this team is, if they make it, past the play-in game, I'll be surprised. I just don't see anything. Their defense is horrible. They don't play defense. They, they have so many lapses. They're missing AD. It's, it's not going to work. It, and it's, it's no slight on any, anyone there. Um, it's, it's different personnel from last year when they were one of the better defensive teams. Um, it's just it's a totally different makeup. It, it, I, don't, I don't see them get – if they make it out of the play if if the season ended right now and they had to play, face a Clippers team that beat them without um, their two best players, they're not winning that game. They're not winning that eight nine game right now. Um, it, you, Ty Lue, you got to give him a lot of credit. He he's without his two best players has his team at five hundred and they're playing hard for him. He's a hell of a coach. Um, I don't think they'll get much much farther than um, past the playing game, but they're they're a very good team. So the Lakers, I just don't see it. They. There's no hope for them. I'm sorry. And looking at the Clippers situation, they are four and a half back from the six seed Nuggets. Not to say that they will catch them, but I feel like the potential is there, especially if the Nuggets do start to slip up. But the Nuggets are on a three-game winning streak. Now to the the Hollywood fans themselves. Uh, I'll start with you first on this one, Eric. Uh, Your thoughts on this Laker team. I, I know these are your boys, especially with them losing to a Clipper team that's underhanded right now. Just like Barry mentioned, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Tyron Lue is a better coach than Frank Vogel. Um, and this is the bad part that I've actually talked in other networks. People don't think that Vogel will make it past March 5th. They think that this weekend he will be fired. Um, but I haven't heard this from any media links or networks. This is just people that are fans of the game that they don't think Vogel will be successful your thoughts on how this looks for your Lakers team right now? Do you think that they could win today and start to push the needle? Or do you think this is just an extreme question, game by game, and trying to finish with 23 games left, 
you guys are four games under 500, right? So with 23 games left, you guys at least have to go, I want to say, 14 and 9 to at least save at a 500, or you're going to have to do better. You see what I'm saying? So your thoughts on what happens from here on out and how they look today up against the Pelicans as well. Well, that Clipper game, uh, you know, they shouldn't have been in this position anyway. They're missing uh, their two superstars. And, you know, to be down by one uh, at the closing time of the game and you get a call like the Lakers did uh, out of bounds on the Clippers, and it was, and then all of a sudden they reviewed it and gave the ball to the Clippers. And obviously, you know, they made the two free throws, 105 to 1 to 2, but the 102, but the Lakers would have got the ball back and had a chance to win. But you shouldn't be in that situation. Uh, you know, there's a ton of talent, but they don't play, they don't go out there and play with heart. They don't go out there and play with a sense of urgency. It's it's hard to watch timeless. Uh, I did like uh, Dwight Howard getting 26 minutes, putting up 14 points and 16 rebounds and getting three blocks, but it, it's it's hard to watch. I don't know, timeless, to tell you the truth. I think it's all over but the crying for this year. I don't think they get rid of Frank Vogel. Uh, at, you know, it's already been a, a circus kind of this year and a lot of negative stuff, so I think that would add to it. Yeah, you get rid of Frank Vogel, who are you going to get to fill in? And is that really going to matter for a playoff run? I think this year's shot, because even if you do make the playoffs, it's a first-round exit. You know, I don't, I, I don't see them beating anybody in a seven-game series right now, especially without Anthony Davis. It's just not going to happen. So I could care less about the plan. I'm worried about the future. Well, you do have a coach right there on your sideline, and uh, Lionel Hollins, who's actually been successful oh, yeah. in postseason I mean, play with yeah, absolutely with the Grizzlies. Uh, so. You know, he's he, he, yeah, he has a ton of experience and uh, been in the league for a long time. So, I mean, yeah, I, w- I would like to see him get a shot, but uh, do it at the beginning of the year. You know what I mean? Or I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the situation. Well, no, I mean, is he knows he knows he that. knows the cohesiveness yeah. of the team. It's not like he's gonna miss yeah. a drop. Like he knows. What works, I think, it, unless he sees it better than what Vogel is saying, yeah, or he's not listening seen, to them. So, because when you're putting out different rosters each game, that's a problem. You got to get consistency. Uh, I think the Lakers are the only team that have, has done this all year. You know, and unless you have injuries and stuff like that, uh, you got to compensate for it. But the Lakers just they they have all these players and they don't know what to do with them. They haven't gelled. They haven't had any chemistry, and that's on the head coach. That's on the head coach. That's on LeBron James, the two leaders of the team. So, uh, yeah, he needs to go for sure, Timeless. Frank Vogel needs to go. When they hired him, it was a head-scratching move. I thought Jason Kidd was definitely the more qualified candidate, and they went with Vogel, and it was like, wow, okay, uh, this guy's going to deal with all these – personalities and egos i don't think so so and uh the problem is too they've let lebron james have too much uh say in what goes on he's not a gm yeah he he was the russell westbrook guy they had buddy held on the table and he you know oh no all in on westbrook and they haven't really gelled together i'm not blaming westbrook because you can't blame just one player i mean you're not going to go out there and play perfect every game it doesn't happen and when you're a point guard, uh, you know, and you try to make plays, I will defend Russell Westbrook with when he said that. It's a part of the it's a part of the game. It's part of the position. You just want to limit it. So 
so it's not fair to put it all on him. This was a disaster before he even got here. So. <laughs> okay, Mike, I, I know you're a fellow Laker fan. From what you heard from me, Barry, and Eric, your thoughts on your team at this point in time? Can they start the turnaround today up against the Pelicans, in which I mentioned the spread is one and a half. So to me, to me, I'm calling that a pick em. How do you feel about how this goes down and what's been mentioned thus far? It might as well be a pick em. The last time a game between the Pelicans and Lakers had this close of a point spread, when the game was being played in L.A., is when the Pelicans were kind of up and coming with Anthony Davis and maybe Kobe Bryant wasn't playing or the Lakers were kind of uh, – you know that roster was pretty uh, was pretty limited uh, towards the end of Kobe's career. So it's been a few years since this has been the case. I think the Lakers do win today. Um, I don't know that that starts any kind of turnaround though. Listen, uh, from the time they put this roster together, I had questions. Barry, you've heard me mention on some of our shows too about the AARP cards needing to have rocking chairs on the sidelines and and all that good stuff. <laughs> Let's be honest, man. This roster was a paper tiger uh, from the very beginning. You had to have everybody healthy. You had to have everybody on board and people on the same page for this to work. Listen, Frank Vogel has hung his hat on being a defensive coach, and this Lakers team is not playing defense. Once you get to a point where you are not even able to your team's not executing and your team's not doing what is your calling card as a coach, it's time for you to move on. I think probably what may happen, if they do let him go before this season's over, uh, Lyle Hollins will probably get a, you know, 20-game, 18-20 to game trial run to sort of see what he can kind of piece together. The thing is, is I think Hollins would probably be a placeholder for whoever they brought in next, if they could bring in a more high-profile coach that they thought was better equipped to lead them into the future. That being said, I feel like Lyle Hollins has definitely played his dues and uh, done a lot of good things in this league and maybe should have more of a chance than than a run here at the end of the season. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see because I, I don't think that this team is going to reach anywhere close to where they would like to get with Frank Vogel as the head coach. I actually was hoping that Teron Liu would be the hire when they were trying to decide who their next coach would be. You know, he's got that, he's got that Laker legacy having played, uh, even though he got uh, <laughs> stepped over uh, in the finals, he actually played really good defense for the Lakers in that finals against the, the 76ers and kind of etched his name in the Laker history books, if you will. And so also with his familiarity coaching LeBron James, he was the guy that I was hoping that Laker Nation would hire for the head coaching position when they hired Vogel. This is a failed experiment. Uh, You're going to have to go back to the drawing board as this roster is constructed with all these contracts on the books. Um, The ceiling is is not very high for this team. Like I said, man, I think they win today. You guys remember the Doctor Style Slick from back in the uh, from back in the WWF? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yep. Yeah. So yep. The, yep. The Doctor Style Slick used to manage several guys, and uh, one of the guys I'm thinking about, he used to manage the Warlord. 
if you remember, the warlord had that big power slam that he would hit right, you know, before he got the three count. And when Slick was down there managing, as soon as his guy hit that finishing move, he would be on the in the corner going, "Turn out the lights, the party's yep. over." <laughs> and that is the case uh, with the Lakers' season right now. They're going to try as best they can to see what they can scrounge together. But when it comes to uh, championship aspirations and when it comes to the lofty goals in Laker Nation that they're used to trying to reach for in the postseason, my friends and fellow chefs, when it comes to the 21-22 basketball season for the Los Angeles Lakers, turn out the lights. The party's over. I don't really want to hold it to, like, championship conversation. I just want to see how, like, they could try and make well, this push to make the Well, that's the aspirations in L.A. every year. We play right. for Well, okay, so, 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 since, so, so since you guys want to do this championship aspirations, I hope you are ready for the food that I'm going to put on this table for the brunch, in which LeBron James is the captain and the man of this ship in Hollywood, yes or no? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. 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 So right, we talk about him being the king. They are also people that call him the goat. With the way that he put this team together on what he wanted to work with, this did not work out. Does this take a knock at what he's done at least at the end of his career? Also with the championship aspirations, with you guys all saying Vogel is the problem. Was the championship in 2020? Overrated, overhyped because it was in the bubble. I basically call that the scrimmage championship. Like, I don't give it any legs, but there's some people that say you can't say that. Vogel was the man that helped LeBron get that championship. I feel like that was the Kobe Bryant championship because he just had passed away. But now, with Vogel's head on a platter, how do we look at the Lakers with these championship aspirations, with LeBron asking for Russell, also trying to bring Carmelo Anthony in? These are guys that we look at. Hell, I'm not just all printing this to LeBron. What about Carmelo Anthony's legacy on how this looks? The last couple of seasons, he's not been himself. Whether he put up an interesting one last season with Portland, he actually scored some games, but he's still pedestrian to me. Russell Westbrook. For him to be a former MVP with Oklahoma City Thunder, he's been on three rosters in three seasons. You've never seen an MVP in NBA history go through that type of turnaround in anywhere, in any leg of form, never. So there's more than just LeBron that I'm looking at. It's both. It's LeBron, it's Carmelo, it's Russ. Like, like there's more. And, and then looking at the defensive situation, they say the Lakers are a defensive issue. They just lost, really, Rondo. Like, they got a lot of the pieces from when they won the championship, and their quote-unquote defense was the one that helped them win the championship. How many names did they lose? Like, like that consistently played ball that made an impact for this Laker team. If, you, if we're talking championship aspirations, they have a good amount of those pieces there now. You just hit the point, and to 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 further that, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit a couple of different things. Mention a couple of different things that that you just hit on right there. First of all, you count the 20 championship. Everybody had to play under those same conditions. You count that 20 championship as a legitimate ring. Everybody had to play under those conditions. What I will say though is one of the more underrated uh, elements of that championship was the influence that Rajon Rondo brought to that team. The film study and all that was the those sessions on which they looked at film together and dissected the game plans even as players. Um, Rondo's influence with that team 
as they were studying film and whatever else is legendary. I think he played a huge, huge part. <clears throat> Listen, I agree with you. There is blame to go around. There's blame with LeBron. There's blame with Vogel. There's blame. There, there's plenty of blame to go around. Listen, if we're gonna uh, if we're gonna pass out blame, there's very few souls in that locker room that can't take a piece of it. Right? This is this is a big piece of pie. We can feed everybody. So uh, what it really comes down to, though, is no, this team is falling short. To me, listen, they've called him the king. They've called him whatever. They've called him the goat. LeBron James is a fantastic basketball player, but uh, he's still not. To me, uh, he's not on the same level as a as a couple of different guys. Now I've seen some things coming out this week where there are some people uh, and former players trying to say he might be the best ever. This kind of thing, whatever. I I don't believe that. I think he's a great player. I think he will be among the best of all time when he's done, but as far as a GOAT conversation, man, you ain't got horns, bro. Like, come on. Mm. Okay. Uh, well, anybody else want to answer that, Bell? Um, Barry, Eric, I mean, yeah, if you guys yeah. want to. Yeah, I would definitely like to see TP. Um, I, totally, I totally agree with, with the Listen, as far as the GOAT conversation, miss me with that. I mean, he's on the Mount Rushmore when he retires. He's not going to eclipse Michael Jordan. There's just no way. He's not. I don't think at this age he's going to get another MVP. Um, there's a lot of young dogs coming that, that are going to get it, right? Um, I don't think he'll get another chip. Um, so he won't even catch mm. Kobe in that aspect. So, um, so he won't. There's, you know, Isaiah Thomas wants to come in and say crown him if he passes Kareem. Isaiah's got that I hate Michael Jordan bias. I really I, I, can't, exactly. I can't listen to that guy when he talks about it. So um, I love Isaiah. He's the second greatest point guard ever. But you know, there's that he's like, listen, my 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 Pistons teams always held the Bulls down. They only beat us at the end when we were old and like he we we give you credit. The bad boys were great, but you know, like come off it, yo. You know what I mean? So it's whatever, right? But still, LeBron, the GM, shouldn't be the GM. And the fact that we're having this discussion. It bothers me all the time because this guy shouldn't be able to pick the ingredients that go into the – he should have a say, but this guy really, like, to Eric's point, like, the Buddy Hell tra- trade was on the table, and he said no. And then now you're talking – I'm hearing reports, TP Ray, that um, Rich Paul is meeting with the, with Jeannie Buss and company to say that LeBron's committed and that we're going to be here and, and committed to – who the hell cares? What, like, dude, like – what are we talking about? Why do I need to hear about Rich Paul meeting with management, dude? What does that have to do with anything? You don't pick the players. Like, that's my biggest problem. So from that perspective, it doesn't knock his, his greatness as a player. You know, he's going to be one of the all-time greats when he retires. But it's like the fact that I got to hear about this GM crap with LeBron, it just bothers the heck out of me. So, um, but yeah, like, I don't I a championship is a championship. You it's hard to win it even if it's in a bubble. They'll make arguments for it as opposed to against it. Like the conditions like you did have to come back with COVID. It was an unsafe environment. You did have these conditions where you were in a bubble kind of thing. It's not as easy. Blah blah blah. Whatever. But um it's he's never gonna eclipse Jordan. He's never gonna I don't think he's gonna get another chip. And and, and definitely not in LA. I hear more about him wanting to play with his son than him trying to win a championship in LA. That's what bothers me the most. So I, I just don't see it happening. Wow, I can't wait till 
Okay, Eric, go ahead. I'm I'm gonna add to what Barry threw out there. This this is incredible stuff. Awesome. Eric, your your thoughts on what's been mentioned between me, Mike, and Barry. Uh yeah, no doubt about it. I would LeBron is definitely not the GOAT. Uh the people that are calling him the GOAT are casual fans and millennials. They you know they haven't seen great basketball players. I would even put Steph Curry above uh, LeBron James. Uh, there's just so many great basketball players throughout the history of the NBA. It's hard to, you know, have a Mount Rushmore and, you know, the Mount Rushmore of the all-time greats of the NBA on at least mine. I don't have LeBron James on it. He's definitely nowhere near Laker Mount Rushmore. Uh, I wouldn't even, I don't know, they'll probably retire his jersey. I don't know, but I, that's for me as a Laker fan. I I don't want to see his jersey up there. That championship was completely fueled by Kobe Bryant and uh, all the energy and that that generated. They played with that fire, the Mamba mentality. Uh, Kobe Bryant would be very disappointed if he was alive. I guarantee you, this wouldn't be happening. Uh, you know, he was heavily in Genie Buss's ear. Uh, he's the reason Polinka was there. Um, you know, a lot a lot changed when Kobe Bryant, when that happened. So, uh, yeah, he wouldn't be standing for this. There would be some changes made. I think it would be better for LeBron having Kobe around to be in his ear and to help him be that vocal leader for the team. But, yeah, I, I just I don't see it. Uh, I don't see – I don't think the championship is tarnished. I mean, maybe, I mean, because just like Bill just touched on, you got to play. It's a seven-game series. It's in a neutral environment. You're away from all your families. So, I mean, it's still hard to do. So it's still accomplishment. I don't want to take that away, but it definitely was fueled by what happened with Kobe Bryant. Okay, so now I get to address every last little bit of situation. One, you guys are picking on Vogel. Nobody went back to the Vogel situation. Everybody's giving credit to the championship, so you have to give him some grounds on what he was able to do in 2020, which I feel like was an overrated championship. Just like you said, they were away from everybody, their fans, so on and so forth. They had TV screens to enable fans, let's just say for any Western Conference team that's going up against LeBron and them. They're not going to, like, fuel him to miss shots. Like, you, you need that energy to be around it. Uh where they they can't even recover that energy that they had back. I would feel like Kobe, Lord forgive me, Kobe's gone forever. So you would think that they would be able to roll with the situation with the players that they have and the players that they've been able to bring in. Instead, they've actually it's been a detriment to that team and they've been going downward. And this is trending. And this is a season that this is happening right now. Out of the All Star break, they are under 500. How is this guy on Mount Rushmore and they are under 500 with the names that they have around him? To me, I'm going to throw the names out there that I don't feel he's ahead of. Michael Jordan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, a.k.a. Lou Alcindor, Irvin Magic Johnson, and Timothy Duncan. These are at least four people that have more championships than him and have done more with less, all four of them, all four of them, in which when LeBron had to learn to win, he had to go to a team that was put together. He went to Miami to do that with 
players put together on that roster. He went back to Cleveland when there were players put together on that roster. He went to Los Angeles in a bubble where there was players that were put onto that roster. Enough is enough. I get it. He is a great player. I'm not taking away from the greatness of what LeBron could do on the floor, but you are already, like, forgetting the guys that have done it before him that he's seen it happen to. And also the one of the names that I mentioned was Timothy Duncan that beat him in 2007 in which he swept them and said, this league is going to be yours, but not right now. We're taking care of it. And him and LeBron laugh. LeBron is in the era of friendship in the NBA. I've never seen this. I'm, I'm an 80s baby. I ain't going to lie. I'm an 80s baby. I ain't, I ain't never seen Michael Jordan cool with magic in the middle of a game, dapping him up and like, oh, help you up. No, you're not on my team. I'm not messing with you. I'm not watching you see this. On, this is when CBS was holding games. You know what I'm saying? Like, you didn't see Patrick Ewan. And Mike being cool, you seen him at the All-Star game, maybe chilling out. But it, this ain't in the middle of games like y'all having a discussion. Y'all talking with a jersey over your mouth and, and none of that. This is, this is the era that him, KD, all of them are under. There's no way that I'm giving him the leg up. Like, I get his stats are great. I'm not trying to undersell what he's done in his career with uh, the amount of points that he's amassed, the amount of rebounds he's put up, and also the assist that he gives because he, he'd rather get rid of the ball than score it all the time. But – Nevertheless, he's in, what, season eight, season 18, season 19. He's, like, close to 20. And um, still chasing Carl Malone and Kareem uh, with his point total from playoffs and regular season. It's eclipsed Kareem, but we know what point total he's going after. I think that's one of the things that he goes after. I love what Barry said. I don't think – for sure, a 1,000%, I don't think he's getting another MVP. I, for sure. I don't think that'll happen. But with another championship, I agree with Barry again. Now, here goes the crazy part. There's something that Eric said. If Steph Curry and the Warriors win the championship this year, this is the fourth for him, Draymond, and Clay. I put him neck and neck with LeBron with both with four, and I feel like Curry could get another one if they do get a championship this year. If that cohesiveness is still there with Kerr and the team that they have there with the young guns around them, I feel like the Warriors can threaten to get the fifth. In which I don't feel this around the Lakers organization with LeBron being there, or if he wants to go back to Cleveland and play with Cleveland, or just picture another team that he's trying to jump into. If he jumps to another team that's loaded, his legacy will forever take a chink in his armor for me. For 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 me, I specifically mm. for me. I, y'all don't have to attach yourself to none of what I say. If LeBron leaves, and which Charles Oakley came out Oak Tree. If y'all don't know who Charles Oakley is, please look him up Wikipedia. He is a long time Nick came out of Chicago. And that trade happened with him and Cartwright, so on and so forth. Oakley said he will leave again and ring chase again. He said that this year. If LeBron leaves, goes to a team (laughs) that has pieces that are interesting around him, he will take a significant hit. I will not give LeBron any credit. uh, No no longer. Like, like, you're great. I'm not taking anything away from your greatness. But that's that's not a situation that I see Michael Jordan did when he came back and played for free because the World Trade Center went down. He didn't have to play for the freaking Wizards. Like, he didn't have to play for the Wizards. If, if, okay, so who won in 2001? That's the Lakers. So picture Mike going playing with Kobe, Shaq, and them. Like, come on. Like, come on. Or, or, or mm. picture Magic playing with Burr, Parrish, McHale, and them. Like, come on. Like, like this, is, this, is, this is befuddling. Or, or picture Duncan. Who was Duncan in his hay around? Oh, oh, so picture Duncan playing with Shaq, Kobe, and them. Like, this, this, is, this is crazy. This is crazy. I've never – and he's, he's mm. the GOAT. Like, like, I get it. He's great. He is not the greatest. Like, he's one of them. But like I said, if I'm looking at it across the board, 
I'm going with the greatest center of all time in Kareem. I'm going with the greatest power forward of all time in Timothy Duncan. I'm going with the greatest shooting guard in Michael Jordan. And I'm going with the greatest point guard I've ever seen in my life in Magic Johnson, a.k.a. Irvin Johnson. And for him to play 11 seasons, he got to nine finals and won five. He's at least above 500. LeBron is 40% in the finals. He's been to 10 finals in his career and lost six. Like, like, it's not really, like, Sticking like to people that talk about he yeah he won four, bro he lost six NBA finals. This is almost you could put LeBron in the conversation with Jerry West. How about that? Jerry West is legendary. You know what? The logo, so on and so forth. Oh yes. You you know what you know what these kids do TP? They want to give LeBron credit for dragging teams to the finals and losing, as as a way to get him above Magic. And Jordan, right? And I, I just, right. I, I get it. It's a Herculean effort, but a loss is still a loss on paper. Nobody's going to give you an asterisk because you lost in four games to Tim Duncan because you dragged a team that had nobodies on there. I'm not giving you extra credit for that. Um, I, I agree with you. I Listen, I, I think he's number three just because he has the MVPs. Magic has three. Tim has two. Uh, Steph has two. Um, but you, it's split in hairs. Like you could, I don't know how you could not argue Magic and 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 LeBron. I mean, people want to argue Magic and Jordan. Magic, you, to your point, what five and three in the finals, three MVPs. Um, I mean, I think he only missed the finals um, three times in his career. Three times he missed the finals. Like. What are we talking about here? Magic's the greatest point guard we've ever seen, and he's easily on the Mount Rushmore, like easily. And and until LeBron like can eclipse Kareem, Kareem was the guy that everybody said was the goat until Jordan came along. And Kareem's got what six MVPs, six um six or five MVPs, six rings, I think it is, or I think it's. I, I'm not. Yeah, it is like that. Around, it, is, it is like that. He got six. He got one with the Bucks and five with the Lakers. Yeah, six rings and five MVP scoring title, like off of Skyhook. Like, look, I, look, I, I think I'm Bob Bob shot, and, and, and if you, if, no, go ahead. I was about to say with the, um, with, I was about to say with the unblockable shot, and if you read Kareem's resume, you're gonna fall asleep. You're gonna fall asleep. Oh, of course, of course. Like people don't even understand. Like he was a winner in college. He was the he's the I greatest do. college player we've ever seen. He's the greatest high school player we've ever seen. And then he's like top three easily in the NBA. People just don't understand. They don't get it. And it's like LeBron hasn't – I always go back and forth, but like LeBron hasn't eclipsed Kareem yet, and I don't think he will. He's not going to get rings. He's not going to get that fifth MVP. Like, I'm sorry, dude. Like, you know, it, it, the top five and the top ten and everything is always fun to me. And, I, 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 you know, it's like Kobe, I can't put in the top five. I, I put him in the top ten. But, like, you can make an argument, Kobe, over LeBron. Like, it's, it, it's a fun argument, mm. but it's, it's, a, it's a debate. It's a debate, but it's Uh-oh. like I, I always bring Kobe back down because he only got one MVP. It's hard, it's hard for me to put him up there, you know what I mean? But, like, okay. LeBron's got a so, way so, to go to, to, be to beat Kareem. Yeah, but to be fair to the MVP talk, okay, this is the same, and, and yeah. I hate to use this organization because it's them. This is the same thing you did with Magic, mm-hmm. Magic with Kareem. Like, these two kind of cancel each other out because how great they are together. So it's like 
them two right, killing right. everybody, it's like you can't give these guys an MVP. They together. You know what I'm saying? And then looking at Kobe's mm-hmm. situation, it's him and Shaq. Like, you know every time if Shaq's big foot was on the big block down there, you're in trouble. Like, just give him the ball and everybody cried. Like, especially when we watched the Sacramento mm-hmm. Kings try to play them. They, they, everybody was all sick of their fouls from Vlade Divac, the Scott Pollard, the Funderburg, everybody that was trying to beat Shaq was fouling out. Like, so, so that's, it's a different dynamic with these guys with MVP, so on and so forth. So I don't want to, like, measure these guys by MVP. And then you're talking about, like, the Cleveland situation with him having pieces. Like, let's really look at what the Spurs had when they beat him. It was Tony Parker and Duncan. Like, Ginobili is a bench player and an awesome bench player. But, like, who did they really have on the Spurs? Like, what, are are we just really looking at Coach Pop? Like, it's Pop. Like, there was no real big three. I, I really look at the big two with Tim and, and Tony. Like, them two was cooking like crazy. Tony actually won an MVP, a final MVP in, what, 2005, I think it was, when they won that championship. Like, other than that, it's like this was a good unit that played together. Like, LeBron didn't have that. When he had that, he ended up taking the jersey off in Boston and leaving and going to Miami saying, no, nah, not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six. Like, this is this is what he is. This is what he is. And, and right now, for them to be under 500, I'm, I'm, I'm puzzled. I'm puzzled right now. Like I said, they better get it together today. They better win today up against the Pelicans. This is a one-and-a-half spread. I don't care what Vegas think they up to. The Lakers better win. If not, y'all, I might do a surprise show tomorrow. Some, I, I might open up Sports City Chef 2 if they got something cooking tomorrow. I'm, I'm not playing around. I'm dead serious. Okay, so we do have the birthday boy here calling in from the 703 to 412 and the 456 and the 8910 and Malik's father. We have Aaron Simmons in the building. Welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this afternoon on the East Coast? <laughs> You know, gentlemen, I'm good. I'm good. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys on a on a, on a wonderful day in the neighborhood, man. I, I I I jumped in and you guys were talking about this whole LeBron James ring chasing thing, and we kind of touched on it last week. And um, you know, I I I respect where you're coming from, CP. I I think Barry's in the building too. And I don't like him, but whatever. Um, I, I respect where he's Aww. coming from, but ultimately, but but ultimately, I I I think that we're missing the point. You know, if, if, if the point is to put him on the Mount Rushmore as, as the greatest of all time and all that, then, again, I, I get it. Believe me, I get it. I, I won't put him on, you know, as a GOAT, you know, or, or anything like that. But as I said last week, and I'm going to go ahead and echo that again, this week you are judged by the championships that you're able to accumulate. You know, and if LeBron James decides, you know, we're still speculating here, but if he decides to, to, to go back to Cleveland with that young core or team up in Golden State like KD did or, or whatever the case may be to, 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 to finish his career or to, to get himself a championship, another championship, then so be it because he's doing it the right way. Now, we could sit here and, and, and dance until until I'm 39 about, you know, whether he's the greatest of all time or how people look at him differently. But ultimately what you do, you know, to, to better yourself and to, form your, and, and, and to forward your career, you know, is between you and the people that you, you're involved with. So I, I don't understand why, you know, people are still feeling some type of way about him trying to quote-unquote ring chase and ultimately – that's what the that, that that's what the goal is. The goal is to accumulate championships and to get and, and, and to get the notoriety and to get ranked. And if you're doing that, so be it. Um, 
Doing it the right way? What do you mean by doing it the right way? So LeBron James is, is going to be a free agent in two years, I believe. Okay, now he's not being a malcontent. He's not showing up being the Ben Simmons type or the James Harden type where he's, you know, cantankerous around the locker room, this, that, and the third. He's, he's fulfilling his obligation and his commitment to the team that he's currently with. So doing it the right way would be, okay, I'm a free agent. I have served my time, essentially. Now I can go wherever I decide I want to go. And that, to me, is the, is the, is the quote-unquote right way to do it. Like, and again, I would see your point if he was being a jerk and causing confusion and disruption and whatever the case may be, but that's not what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? At the end of his two years or whatever, I forget how long his contract is. At the end of his two years, he's a free agent. He can go sign silly nannies if he will, if he wanted to, and nobody should be able to drag him because of that. Yeah, but okay, serious, so the problem every, is that he, you don't know what he's doing in the background. I'm sorry, TP. You don't know what he's doing okay. in the background. We do know the fact that he's coming out here and complaining to management that they didn't go all in. He's having his cryptic little message during the All-Star break. Love what Sam Presti's doing. Going, you know, he's a G, blah, blah, blah. And so he mm-hmm. wanted them to, to trade all the assets to win now. That's his MO. But then he'll leave in two years, leave the Lakers in a financial ruin like he's done every other team he's left, and then go chase another ring. How is that doing it the right way? Mm-hmm. I was going to go get him, Lord. Because, because he's fulfilled oh, his obligation. You feel me? Like, so yeah, but he's we, trying we, to crush the team in the process. Barry, Barry, I'll let you talk. Barry, Barry, I'll let you talk. I'll let you talk. We're splitting hands right now because whether he is wanting to go all in and trade assets and this and the third to create a team around him, that 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 that, that may not be what the team needs to do. But he's not. But he he he's not sitting there saying I'm a judge. I'm gonna be a butthole. This that and the third. He's fulfilling his obligation. Hello. He needs to mind his business and not worry about what happens in the front office. This and the third. We can have that conversation. And I and, and, and the thing is, I wouldn't give two iotas about that because you're correct. He needs to play. His, he needs to play. He needs to stop making dream-like decisions. I get you, but he's fulfilled his two years. Remaining left on his. Both our author was sitting here are businessmen. People listening are businessmen. If you get another opportunity to fulfill your same obligation and you get another opportunity to go somewhere else, who are they to tell you or to drag you or to critique you for accepting a better position elsewhere or for or accepting more money elsewhere or being moving closer to your family or doing something else to better you? You feel me? You say, Barry, you're in work. So, Mr. Jordan, I'm going to offer you a 10% raise, and I'm going to allow you to move to Hawaii for your wife and your kids. You mean to tell me you ain't going to do that because that best, that, that best serves you? No. You're going to explore the opportunity and say, you know what, I may, I may think about this. And if you and if after talking with your friends, your family, your, your wife, your pastor, you know what I'm saying, your uncle or auntie, and then you realize that, hey, somebody has some beef about it to help with them. You get what was best for you. Yeah, okay. I'm not so saying this, that's, this, this, uh, that's I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, TG. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Answer. Go ahead. Answer. I'm, I'm going to say what I got to say. So go ahead. Yeah, just, answer. Just, just, just real quick, bro. Like, I, I'm not saying he doesn't have the right to leave. I'm just saying don't say it's, he's doing it the right way. 
just because he's not a right. public malcontent like 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 James Harden or Ben Simmons who's smiling and happy on the sideline right now. He's in the background doing everything he can to tell the Lakers you need to do whatever. Damn those picks. Damn those picks from 2027 when you know he ain't going to be a Laker in 2027. That's that's my problem with it. If he's going to ring chase, ring chase. I, if I, you want credit for it, get credit for it. At this point, I don't care. You're never going to eclipse Jordan. You can get seven rings. You'll never eclipse Jordan in my eyes. But don't say he's doing it the right way when in the background he's trying to tell them to trade their picks six, seven years down the line. Well, he's not going to be in the league in six, seven years. That's my problem. Sorry, T.P. And, and then hold on. Now, here we go. Here we go. So, so now, and this is what Siri said, and this is where he just put his forehead in front of the nozzle of the gun and he might get his brains blown out. You said about ring total or ring accumulation, right? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has six. Michael Jordan has six. Magic Johnson has five. Timothy Duncan has five. Kobe Bryant has five. How did he pass Kobe? With what did they had on their teams? None of these guys started jumping all over the place. Okay, so the only one that you could really look at was Kareem, and the Bucks got rid of Lou Alcindor at that point. It wasn't like Kareem was like, yo, I'm doing free agency, leaving this this, this out of the third. The Bucks traded him. He went to the Lakers, and his legacy got e- even more stronger when a, a young guy out of Michigan came there, and they went crazy. We already know the legacy, right? So Magic stayed his entire career with the Lakers. Mike's whole career, career was basically with the Bulls until he owned the Wizards in the the World Trade Center came down. He played for free. He didn't play for no money. All money that they were trying to pay him, he threw to New York City. So I don't even consider that. I just I feel like that was a favor to the world or, or New York or the NBA, however we look at that situation. Timothy Douglas' entire career was in San Antonio. Kobe Bryant's career was in L.A. Nobody jumped shit like this dude to make stuff happen, to make these rings happen. You're saying the right way? Every last one of these individuals I mentioned did it the right way. Nobody went in ring chase. Nobody talked on the telephone. Nobody met each other at Cabo and said, oh, we're going to join up and make teams together. No, they played where they played. Even when Kobe was pissed off in 2006, said, yo, get Kwame Brown and smush up out of here. They wasn't even doing that. They was playing with him, and Kobe went crazy, putting up 81 points, 60 points in 10 days per game. Like, Kobe was doing everything he could and still went through the storm and still ended up getting a championship in what, 2009 and 10? That's how that went? Like, still, going through them storms, everything. Like, like, good things come to those who wait. LeBron ain't trying to wait for nothing. With all of the, the, the elder NBA players that came through the league and saying that he know that he's going to jump ship already, what about them that already been through the figures and seeing that type of stuff? Like, what are you seeing that they don't and they've been through the profession of, of sports? Like, I, I don't even like that people really give him the leg up over Kobe. And Kobe has done more with less, to be honest. Like, like I, I don't know how that goes down. So... Let me go ahead and respond to you, um, and then I guess we'll forget to hear. So everything that you said, Thomas, was correct, okay? The way Kobe did it, the way Kareem did it, the way those preceding him did it was correct. However, the way that LeBron James is choosing to do it is also correct because he is doing it at the end of his contract, okay? We, 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 we live in this world right now where – if you don't do it this particular way, if you don't do it how they used to do it back in the day, if you don't, you know, cut the chicken and and, 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 and spice it this way, it's wrong. There can be a way to do it back then. It could be a different way to do it now. As long as you are not cantankerous and a problem child 
in, 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 in the process. Now, to what Barry said, I agree with what Barry said. What LeBron James is doing, trying to get them to go all in and, you know, mortgage the future to, to, to bring more people around him, again, that, that's not my bag. And if that was your argument, I would get it. But we're, we're having a conversation right now of him going from this team to that team to the other team to to, 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 to get wins and to get rings or whatever it may be. We are playing ball in 2022. When those guys were doing it, they didn't have the the, 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 the sachet and the ability and the and, and the social media and the and the and the and the courage, so to speak, to go up to management and be like, "Yo, do it this way. This is what I want. This is what I want." We all sat here and said that. Today's stars get catered to more than yesteryear's stars. Jim Duncan wouldn't dream of going up to Popovich and be like, yo, go get me uh, Gary Payton to bring over here. You know what I'm saying? They mm-hmm. wouldn't dream of going up to, you know, Michael Jordan and be like, you know, Michael Jordan, you know, get Dennis out of here and, and, and go get me Barkley in here. They wouldn't dream of doing that because the era and the way that basketball and the way that things are done now is different. So I agree with what you're saying, Thomas. You know what I'm saying? If, if, again, if we want to have this conversation about putting them above Kareem or above Kobe, again, I'll back up and shut my mouth and be like, you know what? It is what it is. All, all, all are good. But for me, I'm not going to put LeBron over Kobe. But if we're sitting here just dragging him and getting upset with him for, for, for chasing rings or, or for going from this team to the other team and from this team to that team when his contract is up, I don't understand what, how that, that's a problem for LeBron. Can I respond? Can I of course, Mike, of course. Yeah. So now I just got I got two real quick things. First of all, um I don't know, I think LeBron James thinks he's Vegas, bro, because since ever since he made that move to Miami, each and every year all he's been trying to do is stack the deck. Uh as far as where he goes and how this, this turns out. This guy has tried to stack the deck more for himself than any other player that we've seen in the history of the NBA. First and foremost. Uh, second of all, I, I'm going to say this. You are supposed to be a franchise player. You're supposed to be the franchise guy, the guy that is supposed to be carrying the flag for this organization. Well, in just about every situation when you've left, you've left that that organization a dumpster fire. You've left that organization scrambling just to kind of figure out how to pick up the pieces. A true franchise guy um, – does what is possible not to necessarily uh, make that franchise a lot worse off after you left it. And that's what's happened when LeBron's left. Listen, when Kobe left L.A. and he finally had to step down, he was still spending time with uh, players. He was still in people's ear trying to help make sure that organization could do whatever was possible to get better. We're not seeing that same thing there. I will not deny his greatness. But whenever you spent most of your career trying to stack, stack the deck, like I said before, you can miss me with that goat shit. You ain't even eating that grass. Ooh. Okay. Um, Eric, is there anything that you'd like to add before we get away from it? Because um, he checked out. I, I guess this is a, a bit much for him, so he checked out. But, Eric, is there anything that you'd like to add before we shut this down? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, gentlemen. There's There's no way you – I mean, you got to keep a standard. You know what I mean? You can't. I mean, there's there's certain standards and there's certain morals you got to keep. So, I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, you're free to do what you want, but there's a right way and a you know a wrong way of going about things in life. So, but to each his own. And if LeBron wants to do that, he can do that. But he's definitely never going to be the goat. 
and a lot of true fans and you know of the game's eyes. So it is what it is. Again, and it's a different uh, era, uh, right? TP like it's player yeah, empowerment. Yeah. You know, the players can move whenever they want. So it is different from when we were younger watching these guys stay with the team, you know, for their whole career or the majority of their career. But um, I agree with everybody, especially you, TP. I agree with all you, everything you guys are saying. Do you think, Patrick, you want to stay in New York and keep fighting, Mike? Like, like, what? You think no, I would be no, like your not Hold on, wait, hold on, hold on. You think I would be like, yo, get Luke Longley out of here. I'm coming right now. Like, leave, leave right now. And that's okay. So then this helps out Patrick Ewan's legacy. Like, nobody's doing that for Pat. What about Pat? Pat was a sinner having to carry New York City. Barry's the only one here that knows what the media market is like out here in New York. They do not play with anybody from Derek Jeter to Dow Strawberry to you name it that's been out here, big name. They'll tear you apart if you are not performing. If you are not performing there, tell you what part. This dude is a Jamaican center having to carry New York through the era of Michael Jordan. And when Mike left, he got to a finals immediately. Immediately. Mike left again, he got to the finals immediately. Like, like wait, wait, what? <laughs> you don't think that these guys are do this? Are you talking about the right way? Like, everybody I mentioned from Kareem, Milwaukee got rid of him, so I really don't put that on Kareem saying, get me out of here, send me to L.A., because L.A. wasn't good right there. And then Magic, Magic stayed there until they told him he had to go. Mike stayed there until we seen a jump shot in Utah. Kobe left with five fingers. You see what I'm saying? Like, and then put up 60 in his last game. You know what I'm saying? And, and hell, Tim Duncan, all every bit of his 20, 20 seasons, 19, 20 seasons was in San Antonio, Texas. Before Tim Duncan came to that team, there was David Robinson. He was the admiral. That's all we know about Mr. Robinson's neighborhood. They have never won a championship. Tim came there and made them a powerhouse. Still till this day in the year 2022, when I hear the words San Antonio Spurs, I think of Tim Duncan right now. I don't think about nobody else. I don't think about DeJounte Moore. I don't think about Coach Pop. I still get the chills thinking about Tim Duncan. And I'm like, damn, he retired. Like, like what? Are you kidding? Like, like I, I don't know. That that's just me. That's just me. And what I saw, and I, I don't know. But I, I like that he still played that. I'm going to defend LeBron, but, you know, he ain't on my team, but I'm going to go against the grain. There, there's no, I'm not, I'm not. I still argue till this day that Kobe got the edge over LeBron. And that's still an argument right now. If LeBron got Kobe and Le, LeBron putting up more numbers than him, so on and so it. forth, I get it. But I'm, I'm, I'm giving Kobe the leg up. I'm sorry. Other people may feel LeBron got him because of what he's been able to do. I, I disagree. I, I'm going with Kobe Bryant. But we we are at the tail end of the show. I need plugs and closeouts from each of you. It got hot in here, and that's what I love about this doggone kitchen. Mr. Jordan, I'll let you set it off first. Please promote, plug everything that you need to as we shut it down here at the brunch. Yeah, man, uh, thanks for having me in, TP. Uh, love, you know, try to get in on Sundays and, and talk some hoops with you guys and football and all that good stuff, man. Uh, good to hear Mike and, and uh, Eric in the building. Uh, listen, uh, Sports City Chefs, get to the website. we got a lot of things cooking. I just posted a blog about my sorry Giants. Um, finally got around to – I've been sitting on it for a while, TP. I finally got around to doing it. So um, go check that out when you can. We need writers, so if you want to write, please let us know. Um, shout out to PHI Apparel sponsoring our shows. We're um, doing big things, man. I appreciate you guys. Later, later, later. Definitely. Okay. Next up, we have Mike. Mike, give me a plug, close out, shout out, anything that you like to promote 
as we shut it down here at the brunch. Man, much love and respect to you, TP, always for having me, man. Without you, I wouldn't be in the kitchen with you guys. Uh, easy, it's always good to chop it up with you. Uh, Barry, man, always a pleasure. And uh, serious and all his area codes and zip codes and whatever else he wants to represent, man. Uh, and he represents very well. Uh, glad to have him alongside as well for this Sunday morning brunch, man. Like I said, check out the website, citychefs.com. We also have the football wrap-up show on Tuesdays, the cookout on Wednesdays, the crossover cafe on Thursdays, and, of course, our flagship, the brunch on Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern time. So make sure to check out all that. Also, the barbershop on Clubhouse. Man, we are close to 8K. We are almost there. Come check us out in the uh, on the Clubhouse app. Got the barber phones. Come check out the barbershop and what all we're doing over there. Uh, we still have a – legitimate shot maybe to get close to that uh, 10K by our birthday, uh, I want to say April 25th, and by the end of April we got a chance to get to that to that 10K number, which is where we would like to be. So uh, come check us out. Time is quick. Groove, uh, Damien, all of us over at the barbershop. I know Sears has been over there with us some, and uh, some of the chefs have dropped in. So uh, come check out the barbershop with us. we got all kinds of things going on over there, talking sports, talking about comfortable, uncomfortable conversations, life conversations, whatever else. Um, so uh, feel free to come be part of that community as well. Uh, we got merchandise on uh, both fronts. We've got Sports City Chefs merchandise, and we also have barbershop merchandise as well. So uh, support, represent us as you walk around the communities, man. Always, man, it's a pleasure and a privilege to be part of this kitchen, man. And they say they born to Awesome stuff. I, I couldn't have said that better myself. Eric, you already know what to do. Shut this thing down as we get up out of the brunch, sir. Absolutely, gentlemen. It is a pleasure to do this with you guys. Always enjoyable. Thanks to all of our supporters and listeners out there. Check us out, sportscitychefs.com, the merchandise, the blogs, all the shows. Go get yourself a coffee mug, tumblers, hats, hoodies, shirts. It's all there for you. Everybody have a blessed day. Oh, stay tuned, Sports City. We are merged, as you know, already with the barbershop. Um, we are going to be having the national championship brackets going around. We will be posting this every which way but loose to try and get as many people involved so we can have fun together. And there may be a big winner or winners with the Nets, however we deal with the pot, but this is the first time around doing this. So this is great that we got all of this going down across the globe. Sports City, I can't be any happier with everything that we got going on. Sirius came in here and threw his little bomb. Uh, he wouldn't take the rest of this. I was coming for him. I might just do a show, top five, all time. Or better yet, Mount Rushmore. I don't know, because there's only four heads on Mount Rushmore, so that makes it even more interesting. But I like my four. I got Magic, Mike, Tim, Kareem. On that note, tell a friend, tell a friend. I can't even close out. <laughs> I want to hear that friend. show, baby. I want in. Wait, wait. Let me close out, man. Don't get out the room, please. <laughs> tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. Sports City Chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman vs. MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the Sports City Chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again.
Connecticut. Uh.